My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 61. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to this special edition of My Car Guru. Did I say edition again? I mean edition. I'm having a hard time with that, so excuse me. But this episode is all about protection. It is about protecting senior citizens or just people in general who are vulnerable to being deceived. Like, somebody tried to to deceive me the other day on Facebook. I listed something for sale on Facebook Marketplace, and I have gotten pretty good at picking up on the people who aren't real, who are like from another country, or maybe they're from this country, and they just don't speak really good English or type it. And so that I can see when... If you get an instantaneous response, for example, on a Facebook marketplace listing, it's fake, okay? That's going to be true 99% of the time. If you post something and within minutes you have, can you arrange shipping? You know, you have some type of comment like that. Or I'm going to send you a link and I want you to be able to prove your identity to make sure that you're real. That is a uh, happens all the time on Facebook marketplace. So young people can get deceived too, but this show is is for seasoned citizens like myself, people who are uh, susceptible because of, I don't know, because of even, I've got some friends that have the early stages of dementia, but they still live at home by themselves and they have a home phone. And that home phone rings a lot and it rings with people who have uh, bad intent, or basically the calls are coming from people with bad intentions because they can go online and they can find out who lives at that house and who how old are they, and they prey on that, and that's it really makes me angry. What prompted this was a visit that I had yesterday afternoon by a man that I've known for 45 years. When I saw him in the showroom, I was taken back a little bit because of his appearance. I mean, he, he he looked much older than the last time I'd seen him and tired, and normally you would see this person all neat and shaven and all that stuff, and he just wasn't. And so we sat down, and he initially started talking. We, you know, we sh- shot the breeze for a little while, and I asked him about his family. He asked me about my family, and we talked about some other things. But then the meat of the matter was that he was thinking about trading cars. And I said, well, why are, you, why are you thinking about trading cars? Well, I bumped into somebody the other day. By the way, he's 86 years old. And I said, well, let's go out and look at it. So we go out and look at the vehicle. And he said, well, I'm thinking about trading it now. I said, well, why are you thinking about trading it? He said, well, because, you know, I've damaged it and, and the estimate's $1,000 and I, I really, I don't know, I've got to pay to get that fixed and everything. And I looked at it, and and one edge of it was popped out just right underneath the headlight. And I put my knee on it and popped it back in. Uh, and it had a little smudge where some paint had been chipped off in the very center of the bumper where he had you know just lightly tapped somebody. It doesn't take much for those things to scuff. And I said, I can fix that in about three minutes. Uh, and he said, well, my est- here's my estimate. It's an estimate for $1,000, and he had a $1,000 deductible. He's getting ready to pay it. You know, it's just, you know, people make decisions like that. They think that's what they need to do, that that's what they've always done in life. You know, they've, they're responsible when something gets damaged, they, they get it fixed. Um, and so he, he wanted to trade, and I said, I'm, I'm having a hard time not saying his name, but I, I, um, I said, you don't need to trade. 
Really? No, you don't. I said, unless you're just bored or you just want something new, you know, with what you've got going on in your life and there's some other issues, uh, you don't need to trade. This car's perfectly good. Just drive it. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Is it comfortable? Yeah. Can you see out of it? Yeah. So everything's good. Don't trade cars. You don't need to trade. I'm going to talk about some of these other types of issues um, about that some of our seasoned citizens get taken advantage of. A lot of it has to do with car dealers, but but some of it has to do with just life in general and what we're going through as a society and how vulnerable we are to scams. And it it uh, it enrages me, and and I wish it would. What I'd like to do is just heighten the awareness of people that are older, and then also hopefully you're li- maybe if you're listening, you are a younger person that have older parents or grandparents that are at home by themselves. They have a home phone. You know, just because they have that portal, they have that home phone. They are um, vulnerable because of the scams that go on right now. So we'll get to that here in just a minute after this quick break. Okay, let's heighten some awareness. You want to? You know, when you're uh, uh, older, you you want to trust people. You want to believe that what they're saying is true. We, we were kind of used to that back in the... 40s and 50s and 60s, uh, a man's word or a woman's word was their bond. Remember hearing that? It's not anymore uh, because, heck, a lot of people can't even define truth. So I'm going to do my best to try to give you some truth here about ways to protect uh, the elderly, uh, people who are still mobile, still living by themselves, still trading cars, uh, still going to the car dealership, still interacting with folks on the phone. Uh, the phone is ringing with, uh, well, people are calling that are trying to get your money, and they're not entitled to it. So we need to do what we can to protect our uh, parents, uh, grandparents, whoever. So number one, I'm going to say this, get rid of your home phone. Now, I know that's probably a controversial thing. Say, so I can't get rid of our home phone. I mean, we've had that number for all these years. Yeah, you can. You can and you probably should, or never answer it. Let everything go to voicemail and then call people back, but then don't call anybody back that has a, um, a number that you don't recognize. If you don't recognize the number, don't call them. Uh, that's one of the things I told my mom. I said, Mom, don't ever answer your home phone anymore. Just don't, because she had several people that would call and they got the, the, uh, the caregivers that were taking care of her at, at home at the end, they said they were getting all kinds of crazy calls. And so I just had the, the line disconnected and had all the, the her cell phone, uh, all those forwarded back to me. But, you know, you can get a cell phone and you can block everyone except your close relatives and friends and your doctor or whoever else you want to, you know, you trust and you want to have information. You want to get be able to get calls from them and block everybody else. Don't share your number with anyone that's outside of your circle of trust. That's from uh, a movie I saw with Robert De Niro. What is it? Uh, Meet the Parents. The Circle of Trust. You want to make sure that, that especially if you're older, you don't need to be dealing with people that uh, that you don't know. Number two, you you still have a mailbox, and you're going to be getting stuff in the mail. You know, one of the big car dealer frauds, it's really not the car dealers that are doing this. It's warranty companies that are sending these warning letters Warning, you know, it says on the outside, your warranty is about to expire. 
get ready to pay huge out-of-pocket expenses, and you're thinking, my warranty is going to expire. I just bought a new car. How could my warranty be going to expire? And then you get on the phone with these people, say, what's going on? And then they end up uh, getting your credit card number and selling you a a uh, $50 warranty for f- for 5000 uh, the direct ma- your mailbox is a place of, of vulnerability too. If you've got grandparents or something, you need to probably start checking their mail, intercepting it. But please, there's one type of mail that you want to avoid, and that's the direct mail piece from car dealers saying that you have won something because you haven't. You haven't won anything. Uh, you might get a free lottery ticket. Or you might have won a, a shiny silver dollar. But that 5000 or 10000 or 25000 thing that they say you've won, you have not. Now, do some some people win? Yeah, the dealerships, sometimes they will buy insurance to cover a just the rare circumstance that somebody has the right number or whatever. But here's what happens when you go in. Uh, most of the dealerships that, that run those direct mail pieces basically hire a firm to come in to their dealership and run the show for about four or five days. And when they run the show, they bring their own salespeople. Well, these people that they bring are very highly experienced salespeople who couldn't make it at a car dealership. They probably got fired uh, by the dealership that they were working at because they used uh, shady tactics. So they go to work for these gypsies is what we call them. And they, be, they go from dealership to dealership. Every week, every weekend, they're at a different sale event. They, they precede the sale event with a direct mail piece. That piece hits the mail. That weekend, the, or probably, well, sometimes it starts midweek, the, the bandits, the gypsies will show up, and they put all the balloons out, and they put tape all over the windows, and, and the next thing you know, they're having this big sale. And these people, mostly elderly people, come in to see if they have won the um, – the $10,000, and they haven't. But they end up sitting down with this, this outlaw who sits down with them and starts putting pressure on them and starts the game, and the pressure comes, and then they're turned over to another manager if they don't say yes to that manager. Next thing you know, they're driving home in a car that they can't afford. They've shared all this private information. They start getting phone calls, the warranty companies. All of this starts happening. What did we do to cause this? Well, you showed up at a dealership because of one of those direct mail pieces. Take those things. If it says, you know, scratch off and all that, scratch it off. If it says you've won, if it matches all the numbers, you still haven't won. You didn't read the fine print because then you have to do something again. You've won the right to spin a wheel or something like that. So just do not fall for that. Just pitch it, um, and then you will be a lot safer. Okay, number three. If your car is running well, um, if it has less than 100,000 miles on it and you know, you're know you on Social Security or, or you're on a, a fixed income and things are tight, uh, why trade cars? I mean, I'm a car dealer and, and we make money by selling cars and fixing cars. But some people just don't need to trade. If the car's running well, then, then keep it. You know, why do people trade? Well, either because they need to trade, 
I mean, if you have a severe engine problem or you have some kind of an issue that's going to be really expensive or if the car's just proven to be unreliable, that it's nickeling and diming you to death, then maybe it makes sense to trade. Uh, if um, So if you need it. If you want it, that's another reason that you might want to trade. You really want something new. You want to take advantage of the new technology. You know, they've got, out, got all of these safety things now. I was back in, uh, out of my driveway, and there was a, one of the kids' little cars was back there. And, of course, I have a backup camera, which is helpful. But the vehicle automatically stopped before I hit this little car. I was going to stop anyway, but it, it beat me to the punch and stopped. And it's always startling when it does that. You know, I think I've already hit something. But I didn't hit anything. You know, the fact that it will keep you from running into the back of somebody. I mean, the customer that I was telling you about that came in, I mean, he ran into the back of somebody, and that's why his bumper was a little bit messed up. But he didn't need to, to pay to fix it. But if he had had some of the new technology, it would have kept him from running. It would have stopped before it hit the other vehicle on its own. So these kind of features are very beneficial to elderly folks and really even to young folks who are too busy looking at their cell phones to pay attention to what's going on. So it might be something that you just want. Uh now, then again, it might be just something that you not only want, but you just can't live without it. Like this, they, there's this new model that has come out, and you just think it's gorgeous, and you've got the money to buy it, and you've you know, waited all your life to have something like that. I can't tell you how many times people waited all their life to have had a two-door sports car, and they're wanting to trade it in six months because they realize how impractical it was. Uh, I'm not trying to discourage people from trading cars. That's how we make our living is people, like I say, trading and servicing their vehicles and selling parts and stuff like that. But it's so important to just be honest and lay it out to people. You know, if if it doesn't make sense, then I encourage my people to recognize that. And if you tell them that if you're honest with them, when they are really in the market for a car, they'll come back and they'll tell people about how, how good you were and how honest you were. I would be, rather be known for that than to somebody who sells the most cars in a particular marketplace. But, you know, people trade for different reasons. But if you are elderly and your car is perfectly good and it's running good, uh, unless you need it, want it, or can't live without it, there's not a good reason to trade. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But if you just can't resist, then take a quarterback with you. You ever heard of a quarterback? A quarterback is a person that goes along with you that has a lot of experience, business experience, car trading experience. They know what they're doing. They're good negotiators. They're like that person that will kind of get you off of the ledge if you get ready to jump into something that you don't need to. Uh, and then again, the the fourth, or I'm sorry, the fifth thing that I was going to say is do not buy anything on spur of the moment. Go home and think about it before you make the plunge. I've, I talk about this on just about every show, that you don't have to buy now. You can wait. You can buy tomorrow. Uh, that car will probably still be there. If they tell you, well, you know, we'll, we'll sell this thing. If you don't buy it, then say, well, go ahead and sell it because I'm not buying it today. Uh, that's one of those things. If your desire overpowers your logic, then there is a, there's a problem. And you just can't get to that point. You know, sometimes it's desperation. I've seen people spend so long in a dealership. I've had people come to buy a car from me, and it takes them about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to, to do it. And they had just left a the dealership. They'd been there for seven hours. 
and we're never never able to get a deal together. And then they come and they just they say, okay, we're tired. Uh, if you'll do this, we'll we'll go ahead and do it. And then we do. You know, we we made it real easy for them. So there are things that we have to avoid. A lot of it's just our mindset. We just have to get rid of the mindset that I have to buy something today. And then that will take the pressure off of us. And we can think. I mean, you want to be able to think. You want to be able to look at the numbers. You know, when you go to a dealership, make sure they print everything out. If you're, let's say that you can't find a quarterback to go with you, but your son lives in Washington, D.C., then get the paperwork, um, have them scan it, and send it to him so he can review it before you take the plunge. He can look at the information. Maybe he's the one to to provide you know, the assistance to help you buy the vehicle. Well, I don't want my son to have to help me buy a car. Well, you know, sometimes that's the best thing to do. I can't, can't tell you how many times I've had a, a father or a mother and a child, they're, not, they're adult children, come into my office and say, we bought a car somewhere else. Will you look at the paperwork and see if there's anything we can do? And the answer is usually, well, I look at the paperwork and I said, you know, I just want to say, did you all not read this? Did, did, did you not um, take this home and think about it? I don't want to make them feel worse. So most of the time I, I do not say that. Well, I have been known to say, did you not read the paperwork? Because you signed it, and that's a problem, you know, because now um, the judge or, or the, the, the other attorney, if you take them to court over these issues, is going to say, well, why did you sign it? Well, I didn't read it. They just put it in front of me, and I just kept signing. Well, you know, that's your responsibility to read the things that you're signing. You should have known better. You're an adult. And um, so anyway, I have I've given advice to people. Now, if there's just outright fraud, like if, if a dealership can't produce a title, for example, or if, you know, there's some type of issue with the car, they said that it was not wrecked, the paperwork says one thing, but the truth is another, then you can get out of those kind of deals. Sometimes it takes going to a lawyer to get out of it. But for goodness sake, you don't want to have to go through that, do you? I mean, let's do it right the first time. Let's um, let's control ourselves and our exuberance and not jump into something that we shouldn't do because we don't think about it. I'm not meaning to, well, I guess I am meaning to lecture just a little bit. Somebody needs to hear this. I just feel confident that, that when I do a show like this, that there's somebody out there that's going through this and they need to hear it. So that's why I said it. I'll be back here in just one minute. Okay, I'm back. So I am encouraging you to put the armor on, insulate yourself from vulnerability. Uh, do the things that you need to do to make sure, or for your family members, your elderly family members, or for yourself, that will protect you from being scammed. One of the best things you can do is just unplug the phone. But still, somebody's going to get your number. I, I've heard, I've watched a lot of these spy shows and stuff, and they, they get these things called burner phones. You know, it's so that they can call people and, and not be traced and so forth. Maybe that's what we need to do. I mean, I guess if somebody wants to get you, they're going to get you. We had a, a, haven't had any thefts of catalytic converters on our lot. And, you know, and that's been a really big thing nationwide is these thieves are going around and stealing catalytic converters off of cars. Why? Because there are precious metals in the catalytic converter. Well, we had our first one stolen the other day. 
And it was on a customer's vehicle. They had brought it, left it with us, and parked it out front for us to service. Next thing we know, we go get it, start it up, and, you know, it's really loud because it, there's no there's no muffler anymore, and this catalytic converter's gone, and basically the sound of the engine, it, it sounded like an ass car. And we looked up underneath it, and the catalytic converter had been cut off. And they can do that in about mm, 15 seconds. That's how long if they have the right type of uh, saw, they can cut both ends, you know, on either end of the catalytic converter and, and go to happy land, go sell their precious metals to somebody. I don't, you know, there, there are rings of people that are buying that stuff because of the precious metals. Now the government is trying to crack down on this, but you may find this to be an issue someday. You know, if you do have a garage, park your car in it. Uh, if you uh, do, don't have some type of an alarm, si- alarm system on your car that will go off if the car is vibrated, you might want to consider putting that on it because if you get your converter stolen, then that's that could be an expensive proposition. I, I would assume that most insurance would cover that, but I'm not 100% sure. But isn't that disappointing, though? There's nothing I hate worse than a thief and somebody that's going to steal something. And really, the thief that steals a catalytic converter is no different from the thief that sends you a direct mail piece when they know you're not going to win, and then they take advantage of you when you come into the the business. They're the same. But a lot of people don't see it that way. A lot of people have a different, uh, I guess I call it their ethical compass. It points in a different direction than yours. So just don't assume. You know, you can be nice and not trust people. I mean, you don't have to be a jerk about it, but I think that you can just be careful. And I think there's certain things we can do to protect ourselves and we need to do that. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I will see you next time.